Over the last few years, I've been thinking about what all parents can do to help fortify all of our kids, regardless of their situation, regardless of um, which yeshiva and what their yeshiva does. And I came up with 10 easy ways to fortify the chinuch of all of our children for all ages. These are, at least most of them, are very easy to do and can have a tremendous effect on our kids. Number one, I came up with something called the Y game. The Y game can be done in a lot of different ways. I'll give you one example of how to do it. If you're creative or ask someone who's creative, they can figure out another way to do it. The idea is, let's say in yeshiva, you could ask the yeshiva to do it, or you could do it at home. Let's say in yeshiva, on Sunday, every kid brings in a question, why? Why do we go like this with the wine? Or let's just pick Avdala, right? Why do we... Why does, it, why does it overflow? Why do we go like this with the thing? You could ask, every kid asks a question, why? And then they have throughout the week, the Rebbe takes all the questions, 30, let's say 30 kids in a class, 25 kids, whatever, and makes a list and gives it out to the whole class. By Thursday, they have to come in with an answer. Extra credit, they don't have to, but if they want to, right? And that means that they're going to go home with 25 whys. And the father's going to say, I don't know. And the brother's going to say, I don't know. The mother's going to say, I don't know. We're going to realize we don't really know why we do stuff. Okay? And then on Thursday, everybody comes in with their answers. The Rebbe gives out the, the real answers, whatever they are. And there's a quiz on Friday or the next Sunday morning. And all extra credit. And someone should sponsor gifts. You just need one parent or a few parents in the class. Sponsor something that makes it really exciting for the kids to do. Totally extra credit. Doesn't take up away anything from class. Mamish five minutes of class time. Now, what is the what is the benefit of this? They learn that they could always ask. A lot of a lot of kids think, oh, in this religion, we're not allowed to ask questions. They learn that they could ask. Number two, they learn that there are answers. I went through yeshiva and I did this every week. We had hundreds of questions and there were hundreds of answers. So if I don't know something, I know at least somebody knows. We're not just a stupid cult that nobody knows what they're doing. Number three, they will do things and we will do things with much more meaning. You cannot compare doing things without knowing why to doing things because we know why. So yes, there's Tamim and Hagim, there's English uh, Svarim about it, but when you don't know why, you're a robot. It happens to be that it's very Choshev and there's a lot of Schar and the Siva Shalom talks about it in the Beis on Dav Shin Mem Ches that really when you don't know why, you can reach L'Shayrish HaMitzvah because when you know why, you're only doing it according to what you know and if you don't do it and you're only doing it V'tzivanu because Hashem commanded you, it's the highest level. But besides for that, when you're a whole time doing stuff it, like a robot because they told you and you don't know why, the kids grow up thinking, nobody really knows why. This is all meaningless. And it's a totally different experience. The cost of doing this is probably a few slices of pizza or a few, a few um, nothing for the kids. You could do it at home also. You could do it with your kids. And you can give them a star. And you can give them more stars. And then you can go out for pizza and you can make it fun for everybody. And the idea, again, is that they know that even if, besides the fact that by the end of the year they'll have four, five, six hundred things that they know why, that I don't know. I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know why we do a lot of stuff. Why do we walk back three steps before Shemayin Esri? It's going to get their brain to start looking and thinking about what we do, which is such a benefit. The cost of that, very, very, very cheap, right? The effect could be huge. Number two, I brought my kids before the Bar Mitzvah to the Batamacher. How do you say that in English? To the cipher, to the guy who makes the bat. I went to Repeshi, Repeshi Pincus, who was on Coney Island Avenue. He's doing this for over 30 years. 
If you want to reach out to him, his number is 917-499-6125. This is not an ad, a paid advertisement. And what he did for my kids is he did an hour where he spent with us to understand what is tefillin, what's it made out of. He showed us the original cloth before it's painted black, the original stuff, what's written in it. It was an unbelievable thing. I liked it so much that I hired him to do it in my kids' yeshiva in seventh grade so the whole class should enjoy it. It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. Go to your local cipher, if you don't live near a Peshi, and ask him how much he charges, and hire him, hire it for the class. I sponsored, actually, I liked it so much, I sponsored the next four or five years. I don't know what happened. Eventually it faded out that once a year he went to the seventh graders, and he, and he did it, and you could bring in the eighth graders, and you could bring in the sixth graders, and the yeshiva could be very happy for an hour that the guy's coming in and talking about it. It's a different experience when a kid is wrapping tefillin on it, and he understands where it looks like, where it comes from, that this is like... This is the closest thing. It has the, the halacha of, of a, the holiness of a, a Ketusha Sefer Torah. And, and it gives a lot to it. And it cost not a lot of money. It's a few hundred dollars. If you don't have money, you could get a few families together on your block. And you should bring in all your boys, the older ones, the younger ones. You get four or five guys together. You should give $50, 75 I don't know what it costs, but it's not a lot of money. And, you, and by you guys, you do it for free. So go to them. Okay. And it'll instill in them, and it's a nice little hour of fun, and you go out to eat afterwards before. It's simple, but it's so deep. It shows them that there's a Messiah, this is coming, somebody's going to explain it to them where it comes from. And it just connects us to the mitzvah. That's the second idea that we don't need anybody's help with. You could do it yourself or with a few friends, and it's very, very easy to do. Number three, most from kids, and unfortunately most from adults, have no idea what Shabbos is all about. Yes, people, from people. Why do we keep Shabbos? Because Hashem rested. Hashem got tired? Hashem gets tired? He worked for six days in a row and he said, Oi, oh, I'm so tired, I need a break. That's why Hashem went ahead and he decided that I'm worried. He built the world and he said, I'm worried about the Jewish people. In a few thousand years after I make the world, in 2,000 years, it's going to be Avraham Avinu, and if, there's going to be a bunch of from people. And they're going to work seven days a week. Because Jews are going to be workaholics, and I'm so concerned about them, I have to give them a day of forced rest. That's why Hashem gave it to us. Hashem said, I'm so worried about Jews, they're going to be too skinny. I have to give them a day to just eat, and eat, and gain weight, and have cholesterol problems, and to have grievances and kiddish, and herring. Hashem, that's why He gave us Shabbos. Some people could be 60 years old, 70 years old, keeping Shabbos their whole life, and their tfisa, their grasp of what Shabbos is, is mamish like a baby level. Mamish like a baby. And, and it's a real big problem. Especially, nobody knows what's going to be with their children and with their grandchildren if they don't appreciate what Shabbos is. And they're going to be challenged. And they're going to look at Shabbos as, it's boring, and I can't, a bunch of I can'ts, and they're not going to have an appreciation for it. They could end up opening their phones. We have a lot of stories of kids, even from kids, quote-unquote, from kids, and they're on their phones, and they they, they choke from Shabbos because nobody told them what's happening here. If you made 25 hours of your week is forced to do yoga, and you understood what it is. If you do yoga for 25 hours a week, you're going to be like Buddha. 
That's why they're so. That's why a lot of Jews, kids, never go off the derech. They go. They find Buddha. Why? They're the calmest people in the world. And if you do yoga twenty five hours a week, you can be the calmest person in the world. But if you don't explain to your kids, they're going to be like, after twenty minutes, they'll be like, well, "What is this? Why do I need this for? What is this doing for me? What is this Shabbos doing for me?" And we don't explain it to the kids, and a lot of adults don't even know. So I dedicated years of my life with my Harusa Reb. Reb and I dedicated years to sit every day and write a book called CPR, Resuscitation for the Soul, because that's what Shabbos is. It's a resuscitation to resuscitate our souls after six days of getting weaker and weaker and further from Hashem. Hashem forced us to have one day where we have to stop the world and we connect and reconnect to Him. And there's like a hundred or two hundred times in there where we write what Shabbos is really all about. And to, to not understand what Shabbos is and to go into Shabbos and leave the same and not use the day for what it was given for is, is just a crime. And we have to instill it into the children. Why does Hashem pay for all Yitzhah Shabbos? Why does He pay for everything that, 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 we, that we buy on Shabbos? Why? Why if you machal Shabbos, Shabbos is a mitzvah in the Torah. There are a lot of mitzvahs. There are a lot of averis. But if break Shabbos, it's ke'ilu oivet avadazara. It's as if you served idols, which is spitting in Hashem. Why? We, we, you don't see anywhere in the Torah that Shabbos is more serious than any other mitzvah. It doesn't say that if you if you uh, don't shake the lulav, you don't eat matzah, ke'ilu oivet avadazara, that it's as if you're an idol worshiper. But Shabbos, if you're mechal Shabbos, it's as if you're idol. Why? Where do you see it from? So I took the the teachings of basically the Nesiva Shalom, Achelik Beis on Shabbos, and I made it chew, chewable, okay, bite size for little kids, for teenagers, for young adults, and for adults. And you read it at your Shabbos table. And I'm not doing this because I'm going to make money because I, I lost much more money making it and advertising it than I could ever make for the couple of cents that we get. So we need just need to understand this so for like twenty twenty five dollars. And that, you change your whole your whole tefisa of Shabbos. Open it up at the Shabbos table and read it to your kids, and you'll you'll see that your kids are going to have a feeling towards Shabbos. I always played what I called the Nesiva Shalom game when my kids were growing up, from when they were mamish very little. What was the Nesiva Shalom game? I would think of a number between one and the amount of people at the table. Let's say we had nine people at the table, so I would say I'm thinking of a number from one to nine. I would have Nesiva Shalom Chelik Beis. That's where Shabbos is, right? And whoever thinks of the number that I'm thinking of, I make a whole big thing out of it, and you get to open up to where we're going to learn. And that's your shtickle. And I would move around a little bit if it wasn't such a good shtickle. I would move to you know, the other page or slip the pages if I needed to. Now they're watching the video. Now they know. Sometimes I cheated. I got to a good piece, a couple of minutes, and my kids grew up with it. My kids grew up with understanding and even if they didn't understand, but they knew that there's something very special happening here. And I brought it out on their level. So I recognize this, and I dedicated mamish years of my life, that for $25, you should be able to go to any farm store or an Amazon and watch what happens. You could do the Nesiva Shalom game, the CPR game. You make it a raffle, make it, make it fun. Whoever thinks of it, open up. There's stories, there's jokes. There's. I saw a 10-year-old reading just all the... The anecdotes, all the mishalom, with the pictures, full color pictures in it to make it interesting. And you'll see yourself how much you can learn from it. Or you could, if you're an adult, you can open the Siva Shalom, and learn it. That's Mamish Kavalik. But if you're not, you just open up every meal and do one little piece, one little story, one little caption, one little thing, and you'll see. Just to show you, just for one second, 
how far we are. We think that Hashem gave us Shabbos to rest. It's mamish so fundamentally false. There's so much work to do Shabbos. Shabbos is the busiest day in the week. Shabbos is so much work to do. It's our whole ruchnis depends on Shabbos. Shabbos is more important than any other mitzvah in the Torah. It's more chashev, it's more holy than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is Shabbos Shabbosin. The chashivas is, is, is in Shabbos. There's so much to do. And if we don't do that work on Shabbos, we're going to float away from Hashem. And we feel our ruchnis just, just gets lower and lower and lower. It's really mamish so, so busy. Says the Nesiv Shalom, Vishamu v'nei Yisrael asa Shabbos. You know, the Archaim HaKadosh says that Hashem created the world to last six days. Your battery can last how long? One day? That there's a battery in the world. After six days, the battery needs to be recharged. What charges the battery of the world? The nefesh of the world is Shabbos. Shabbos, if you keep Shabbos, when we keep Shabbos, we recharge the world. And therefore, he says, from creation of the world, Adam Arishan kept Shabbos. There was always one tzaddik, even in those years before Nayak, before Avram Avinu, there was always one tzaddik that kept Shabbos. Because if there is nobody that keeps Shabbos, the world would be destroyed. It could only last six days. So what happens? Who makes Shabbos? Hashem doesn't make Shabbos. We make Shabbos. But when we keep Shabbos, there's Shabbos. If we, if no Jew would keep Shabbos, there would be no Shabbos. So we are are the ones who create Shabbos. That's why you're not a shutta from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We become a shutta for Hashem. I'm not going to go through all of this stuff now. But last is Shabbos of the Rishon. Be'ni uveim b'nei Yisrael. This is between me and you. It's a direct connection between Hashem and us. Oisi la'olam. It's an ice. It's a sign. La'olam. So he brings down, I, I forgot from who. He says, Shabbos is between me and you. That's why Misa. Because it's like you're going into the privacy. Hashem wants to be with his children. And you don't belong there. But then he says, But but for the Velt, you know why they, you know why we tell them why they're Shabbos? Huh? This week's passions. But the, that's for the world that we say, oh, Hashem gets tired and Hashem decided to give us a day off. That's for the Welt. But for us, we have to know it's icy. Our entire Yiddishkeit depends on Shabbos. So that's a very easy thing to do for $20, $25. Open it up by the meals. Make a joke out of it. Make a game out of it. Make a raffle out of it. And tell them to repeat it. and Do whatever you have to do as parents. And you'll see that you're uplifting even for yourself. The next thing is that we have to ingrain into our kids that they have a Jewish soul. I know Chabad is very into that. You all know you're a chedek al-kam yimau, mamish. But I don't know in the other chassidus, I don't know. But by the Litva, by the Litva show, we really never heard such a thing. Right? The only, the only time is sometimes people are screaming at them, how could you do that? You're a Jewish person. But it's too late. They don't really appreciate that they have a Jewish soul. They don't appreciate that they have a Jewish neshama. They don't understand that they have a chip of Hashem, that we come, that we're part of Hashem, is a chip. They don't understand that. They don't understand, we were never told that Hashem loves us unconditionally. We didn't grow up with all of this. We didn't grow up. And it's all in the Nesiva Shalom. We didn't understand how to deal with life challenges. We had a boy who came to home sweet home and he shmad, became Christian. 
I'm not going to go through the whole story. I have a different clip on that. But the bottom line is he said the reason he became Christian is because he thought he was gay and he felt that he was thrown out of yeshiva. Hashem doesn't, through, through Yiddishkeit, Jewish people don't want me, but he still wanted God. He still wanted Hashem. And he said the buildings that said God loves you were all Christian. And they said they gave him hope that God still loves me. He said they took it from us, but we don't put it on our buildings. We put don't talk during davening, which is very important. But we should, they, they stole that from us. Our kids need to know that Hashem loves you no matter what, like the Nesiva Shalom says, that if you did the worst, Avera Hamura B'yoyser, whatever that is, Avera Hamura B'yoyser, and you're not ready to daven to Hashem because you think Hashem is not interested in your tefillah, like Darchu Ragla Vamaftan Ayadus. Miftan Amaftan. Miftan Ayadus. You didn't walk into the threshold, you're not in the building, you don't know what Yiddishkeit is. And yet, most people don't understand that and don't know that. They think Hashem doesn't want me now. And the kids eventually are going to sin. And if they don't know this, they drift away and they feel, I'm, I'm, I'm Tomei, Hashem doesn't want me. When they go through challenges in their life, even regular kids, it's critical that they know all these things. Nesiva Shalom says, Musar Hashem b'ni al-Timos, the greatest Musar that Hashem can give is b'ni, you're my son. And that gives you the chizuk before the chet, al-Timos. Don't famius yourself, don't do disgusting things. You're better than that, you're a prince. But if the kids don't know that they're a prince and they don't have that chashivas built into them, then how are they going to help fight this, the Sahara that's going to make them schmutzy? And afterwards also, you have to know, Bani, Altimas, and you're my child, and you're always my child. So I dedicated five years of my life. I worked every day for over three hours, sitting with my Harusa, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef, J.J. Shane. And I wrote a book for teens and young adults of all ages, on these and Yonim, that are mamish birumay shalaylam. And it's called GPS, Navigation for Your Soul. And I'm not trying to sell books. But the third section, by the way, is is for people who are dealing with pain. And if we don't teach our children how to be malumad b'molchama for their challenges and darkness that they have, there's so much Yiddishkeit. And, and, and all we have for them is, okay, let's find a therapist. We taught, we taught them nothing by 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 years old. We have a whole Yiddish guide that teaches you how to deal with pain, how to deal with darkness, how to deal with nefila, how to build yourself up. So the whole third part, the third section is especially talking about emotional pain and, and dealing with darkness. There was somebody who called me up. He said he's about 65 years old. And he went through months in the hospital of, of sickness and, and operations. And he said this section is what kept him, kept him connected and kept him alive, kept him going. Because it's really built on Nesiva Shalom, it's built on Medrash, but it's made very kid-friendly. So it's presented very pleasantly for all ages. And so for another $20, $25, you could read that, you could do CPR, let's say Friday night, and Shabbos Day, you do, you do GPS. But if we don't teach this to our kids, the first one, the first section tells us about do we have a neshama? What's a neshama? Why, why did Hashem do this? What's the, it's, and it's created, it's made for them. And the second one talks about that we can't become, our neshama doesn't become sullied, it doesn't become dirty. And The next thing, and this is all very cheap. So far, your budget is 50 bucks, basically, and a couple of slices of pizza and stuff like that. It's very, each one idea can change your kids' lives, and we could all do all of this for all of our kids, and you could do it for your cousins, you could do it for your neighbors at the same time. It's not a big deal. The next thing is very, very simple. If you go to Asia Torah Discovery, you'll find that they have seminars. Watch it together with your entire family. Find a device if you don't have one. And find both parents together with all the kids. They have six very, 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 go around. No. 
six. Okay. Six. Six very, very important. Faith and knowledge, identifying information, the seven wonders of Jewish history, national revelation, which is incredible, shows why what we're saying is true compared to every religion that thinks that they're right, control and hidden codes of the Torah. You can find it on YouTube. It's free. Go to Project Inspire Presents Aisha's Discovery Seminar Series. And also I recommend by Rabbi David Olavsky from Aisha Torah, Why Be Jewish, which also you could find on YouTube. And every Matzah Shabbos, you yeah, movie night for an hour, and then you do whatever you're doing. Or it doesn't have to be Matzah Shabbos, but Matzah Shabbos is Masugal for movie night. It's already a Messiah. Or you could do it any other night, do Thursday night before Mishmar, right? Pick a time, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. You watch it, you make popcorn, you make it nice, and you instill in them, again, even if they don't chap, but at least they know somebody else knows. Right? And depending on their, on their age, they're gonna grasp it. Number six. Stories of tzaddikim is known, it's brought down, that it ingrains emuna in our children and helps them be Ayman bin Asayin. The stipler used to go for walks with his son Chaim, who ended up being Sarah Tera, Moran Sarah Tera, Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal, and he would spend time walking with him and give, telling him stories of tzaddikim. It was part of the chinuch of children, and a lot of us lost it. A good time to do it, of course, is bedtime, or by the Shabbos meal, but you have to teach your kids stories of tzaddikim. Today you can go into any bookstore and there's thousands of stories of tzaddikim available, hundreds of books of stories of tzaddikim. No, I did not dedicate five years of my life to write a book on it. It's already out there. But you go ahead and you find it and you prepare before Shabbos. Check off, mark off which one. There was a book that I bought that actually has for every meal of Shabbos a halacha, a little halacha, a thing and a story. A medrash or something and a story. You could, but it's so important because it ingrains when you're going with your kid in the car, say, hey, you want to hear a story? Kids say, sure, until they don't, <laughs> right? And you tell them a story and these, these stories are amazing. It opens their mind. It gives them, it gives them so much hope. And you could, there are stories about tzaddikim who struggled when they were kids. There are stories about everything. Stories of tzaddikim are very important. Put it as part of your chinuch. Cost of that? Nothing. Bupkis. Teach them. Not to be judgmental. I made this a separate category. We are living in a dar where it is evident that the mitzvah of our dar that saves lives or kills lives, is to not be judgmental. Nesiv Shalom talks about it, unlike Ba'emir, that Rib Shimon after coming out on the highest level after 12 years, a baskal came out because he was destroying the world because he couldn't tolerate people who were not on his level. And he, and, and, Says in the Siva Shalom, first they thought that the pagam, that the problem, the chesaron is in the people. They realized, no, the problem is in themselves. And the Baskal said, you're destroying the world because you're looking down at other people. And if that's what you do with your holiness, that's not holiness. As the Siva Shalom brings down, in the name of the Baal Shem, the greater the tzaddik can love, the bigger the rasha. And a lot of our kids are going to go through situations themselves where they're going to feel very good and they're going to be matzliach. And instead of using their strength to look at other people with love and mercy, the way that tzaddikim look, instead they're going to look down at other people and they can be merachik other people. But if we go ahead and we ingrain into them, and it says in the svarim, that means on yourself also, we'll give them chizik to be Ahmed bin Asayin, we'll teach them how the tools of our generation, these are the tools, how not to be judgmental, and each one of them will end up being a magnet that will save hundreds and hundreds of kids. If 
Gans Klaisol, if the mainstream of Klaisol had that tool, we would not be losing so many kids in Klaisol because they would feel, they would feel Ava, they wouldn't feel Nebuch, like some people say, we gotta get the garbage out of town, and they look down at them, we have so many kids hurting because of Klaisol that we were not malumid, we're not used to these skills. The next one is Sefer Taimed Devera. It'll take you approximately five minutes a week. I like this Sefer very much, again, not a paid advertisement. And I have a shear on it that I put on YouTube and on WhatsApp every week. But you could just open it up and just learn the first page, describes it, and then it gives a beautiful example. And every week work on Amida with your family. And after 13 weeks, do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And as I've said, that you can email livingtimeadavara at gmail.com when you use one of the Midas and you can win $1,000. And we have to make sure that we use it and that the kids have like a utility belt. A situation arises, and they know, ah, oh, I'm going to use this midah. I'm going to use chanun. I'm going to use erech That's easy, right? But there's a lot of midahs that are very interesting, that we're not used to using. And the Torah of says that when we use these midos, it forces Hashem to shower Klal Yisrael and the world with that midah even more. So it's going to affect everybody and everything. It's going to, you're going to give them holy eyes, the way to look at other people, to go in the footsteps of Hashem. And every time, and you teach them, every time they use a midah of Hashem, of the Yud Gimel Midas, their Yaitza Mitzvah says, Seim and Atayra, V'halachta Bedrachov. Just like Matzah, just like Lulav, just like Mezuzah, every time that, so they're going to go, to, and they're going to come home with examples. Tell them, give me an example. You don't have to give them a thousand dollars, but you can tell them. Every time you come home with an example that you use the Midah, they should be fluent. Every Jew should be fluent that we have 13 Midas that we use in our utility belt of how to deal with situations. And they should come home and say, Abba, Tati, Daddy, Mommy, Ima, this and this thing happened on the bus. And I could have done this and this, but I didn't because I used Rav Chesed Ve'emes. Wow. You write down the story and you, get, you write the thing and you rake a book out of it. And you print this book at the end of the year of every time that your children use the midah on their friends. And you're going to take your children just by doing this and you're going to raise them up to be super, superhuman. They're going to look at the world differently. They're going to look at everything as a challenge that I, on, 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 on my difficulty to, to overcome rachum or chanun or all of these midas. And I'm going to withstand the challenge and they're going to be beautiful people. It's going to help them in all their struggles. It's going to help them in every single way of their life. What's the cost? I don't know what, the, what this is. Was twenty dollars? We have to do this. You can do it Sunday. You can do it Monday. You can come up with once a week. This is what we do. It's five minutes. You could read a little bit more. You don't have to go too much. Just what the it's one page that explains what the media is, and then it gives an example of it. And tell them now we're, this is the focus of the week. And you know who's going to show by example? Mommy and Daddy are going to show by example. You know, kid, I told you not to do this three times. Really, I should get angry. But I'm going to exercise the media of Lahiksid Lad Apoy. Or I'm going to use Erechapayim. And you're going to write it down. And you're going to also be in the book. And your kid's going to be like, wow. And parents get scared. No, if they're going to know that you're going to be Erech they're going to take advantage. No, it doesn't work like that. If Hashem knew that, he wasn't scared to tell us. Hashem wasn't worried if I'm going to tell Klal Yisrael, I'm going to be Erech so they're going to take advantage. No, no, no. It's a relationship that's built on Midas. It's much closer. We're going to want to do Hashem's Ratzon and not go against him much, much more. Nine. Make a thank you Hashem appreciation jar. Everything 
that happens good in their life, they should write it down and they should put it in the jar. And then on a bad day or once a week, we could open it up. And especially if someone is going through a hard time, they open it up and they read it all together. Hashem gives us a lot of things that we say thank you Hashem for, but we forget it. And we remember all the difficulties and bad. Kids go through stuff that we may or may not even ever know. Hardships, darkness, problems, little bumps in the road, big bumps in the road. But if they're used to thanking Hashem, if they're used to thanking Hashem, that will help them survive. So you teach them. And you know who it's good for? For you also. For you also. For mommy and daddy. It's good for us. That every time something good happens, we put it in the jar. You watch the jar fill up. And you take it. Maybe Shabbos afternoon should be the time. Or whatever it is. You figure out when. That you open it up and you go through it. Remember when this happened? Remember maybe once a month. And you can even put it together and you can make a book out of it. You can have a lot of books going on in the house. So what? This is Yiddishkeit. And it's, it's nothing. It's a few minutes of time. It's just a little bit of effort. And they're going to realize, yeah, you know, look how many, th- how many things that I should be thankful for. And they're going to change their vision to look for things. They're going to want it. Maybe you have a, maybe you have like a, um, a contest. Who's going to have the most thank you Hashems this week? And you win a prize. And for little kids, for, for, for medium kids, the prizes don't underbite it, so it's not such a big deal, a prize. Look what they give at Avisabonim. Well, now they give motorcycles, but, you know, some kids are still happy with a scooter at the end of the year, or little stuff. You can go to the five and, five and under store, and they'll be happy with it. And you're gonna change their vision of these little kids growing up to look for ways to say thank you, Hashem. And they're gonna come home at six years old, seven years old, eight years old, and they're gonna say, wow, I could say thank you, Hashem, for this, thank you, Hashem, for that. You're gonna turn them into positive people. What's the cost of this? Nothing. This is a little bit difficult, but this is super important. Language. There are two problems that we have when growing up that could be fixed. But this is, this is a little bit, until now, the first nine, Amamish easy. There's no excuses. Everybody should be doing all of them. This is going to take a little bit of work, but only a little bit of work. And Eretz Yisrael, when they daven, they understand. They're talking to Mamalosh, and they're, they're, they're talking to God. They know what they're saying. But by us, it's a, it's not our first language. So I know for myself that I could say Chanan Varachem Hashem. I could say Toiv Hashem Lakav Varachem Lakav It's not the same as if I think in English. Hashem is good for for everyone. It's different. It's a step away. But if we teach Hebrew as not chas v'shalom for the satmar. I'm not talking about ivrit. Lashon kaidish. We teach to them as a language to understand it. Then when they daven, they're going to be mamish and able to daven to Hashem. The words of the tefillah are going to mean something to them. Even though to us, I feel I still struggle, but certainly until they're 16, 17, 18, 20, they're, they're saying nothing. I saw a kid 9 years old, 10 years old. He was davening mamish amazing. But I looked at him. It's a little bit strange because he has no idea what he's saying. So he's very holy and he's going like this and he was davening, he's like a, a, a yellow pella. But he doesn't know what he's saying. But if kids knew what they were saying, a kid who's 10 years old, 12 years old, 14 years old, and is saying, Hashem, please help me. You're the best in the world. I love you so much. You're terrific. You're so good to everybody. We never say that. But we're saying it in Hebrew, but the kids don't even know what it means. And even us as adults, like I said before, there's a language barrier. And guess what? Yeshiva Ashraga, my dear friend, he teaches in first and second grade. He said other yeshivas do it also. He spent a, they spent a lot of money to figure out how to do it. In first and second grade, they teach Lush and Kaidish. They teach the root words. 
And then by the end of first grade, he sent me a video, and I saw it with my own eyes. By the end of first grade, every kid, I'm sure there are mutsuyonim and not mutsuyonim, but basically every kid can formulate a sentence using Lashon Kaidish words. So by the time it comes when the davening after second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, when they say, they know what they're saying. So first of all, most of our young kids don't even know what they're saying. And even by the time we know what we're saying, we have to translate it in our mind. They avoid the whole thing. I saw a video of this. It's mamish amazing. Mamish amazing. And if the yeshiva, ask the yeshiva to do it for your kids. And if not, then figure out how to do it. There are flashcards. There are ways of learning languages. If they would know Hebrew, the tefillah is better. Let's think about Kabbalah Shabbos. Anybody know what we're saying? Think about when we're davening. We're adults. Sometimes I, I think, like, I'm so foolish. I'm saying it because I know I have to say it. But why don't I know what I'm saying? Think about Ashrei. Ashrei is beautiful. I have to stop and think, what am I saying? Imagine what it feels like when we would say, they will share a reminder of your great goodness and they will sing of your righteousness. Hashem is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. I'm not saying we should dive in English, but sometimes I think that I would, I would feel better if I said all of this in English. Why? Because I just don't have that. Israelis have it much easier. I don't. It's really hard. I have to stop and think. Hashem is good to everybody. What am I saying? And if I don't focus or I'm tired, I can go up. And I don't know what I said for the last 10 minutes. I don't know. Even I have no idea what that means. I guess if you give me some time, I could figure it out. Oh, that I know. But if, if it's part of their language, right? So it's very important to use an English sitter during davening. Ask your Rav if you have a question. But especially Slichas and Yom Neiran. Slichas, nobody knows what they're saying. And I got an English Slichas and it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Interlinear is fine. I don't care what kind of English. But how could you not know what you're saying when you're begging Hashem for mercy? That means that the guy who doesn't know what he's saying, he's not begging Hashem for mercy. He's saying these words. But it was meant, when they wrote it, they understood what they're saying. It's not written in, in, in a language that were in Japanese and Chinese. So if we're like begging Hashem, and it's beautiful, the, 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 the slichas is just gorgeous, and it's heart-wrenching, and it's emotional. But if you know what you're saying, you're missing out on all of that. So that's why you got to stop pulling out guitars to make it feel good, to stop making it a kumzitz. And I'm not getting into that, whether I'm pro or against, but the point is, at least if know the words, which brings us to the next point, because a lot of that is Aramish. And as the boys are going to be learning Gemara. Now imagine a boy is learning Gemara, and I want to challenge you. We have a lot of Talmudah Chacham here. If I would go ahead and read you a sentence in Aramish, in Gemara language, you would all know what it means. Right? I would read, read you a language, open up a, a simple Gemara brachas, take a sentence, and we all know what it means. But how come we cannot formulate one simple sentence? Can any of you tell me in Aramaic how to say the words, I went to the grocery to buy milk and then I came home? If you heard it in Aramish, you would know exactly what I said. Because we understand the language. But yet nobody can formulate a sentence. And I know this because for 35 years, I'm looking for somebody since I met one guy. 35 years ago, I was in Eretz Yisrael, and there was a, a guy who was about maybe 25 years old. And it was just unbelievable. He spoke fluent Gemara. And everybody understood him, but nobody could answer him. And he spoke it fluently. We, we used to go to the Shmuzud and we say, Hi, Mashlam Khan, what are you doing? How are you doing? How are you? And he answered us in, in Aramish. 
and, and we all knew exactly what he was saying, but we, could, we couldn't formulate one sentence. So imagine if the language was not a strain, how many learning disabilities would we would hop along the way and we would be able to save. And then all of a sudden when it came to start learning Gemara, it wouldn't be trying to translate Chinese into, into Spanish and, and for an American boy to understand. So my good friend, my dear friend, Chanach par excellence, Rabbi Shalom Leich Landau, does that. He told me he spent a ton of money and he sent me a video today. I told him I want to speak about this because he told me about it once. He sent me a video in fifth grade before they start learning Gemara. They learn the words, the main core words, 590 core words in Aramaic, 90 Russia Tevis. By the way, it's interesting because I'm trying to work. I made for myself a new Nesiv Shalom. And um, just for myself and for my family, I give it out as a gift. And I opened up all the Russia Tevis because there was a guy learning next to me in Nesiv Shalom. And it said Aleph Aleph, right? And and it was talking about something that Avram Avinu did, but it said Aleph Aleph instead of Avram Avinu. He said Eishes Ish. It's a very different thing. It's a very different vart that he came home with, and he didn't know if it's Efsher or or Avram Avinu. Kids don't know Rosh Tevis. A lot of adults don't know Rosh Tevis, so they they teach Rosh Tevis how to count. You know how to count? Can you count to 20 in Aramish? Anybody? You probably could. You can count? In Aramaic? Say four, five, six. We know what it is. We know what it is if we hear it, right? How to count? Addition and subtraction. And after a few months, they open up anywhere in Shas, and mo- unless it's like some crazy word, most of anywhere in Shas, these fifth graders can go and read it, and they know what it says. How much easier to learn Gemara? They're going to be learning it for the next forever. It's a whole different ball game. Like, why not dedicate before we start teaching Gemara a couple of months, and they do it while they start learning. They're not falling behind, but learn the language and then learn Gemara, and then it's easier. You don't have to sit there and you're, you're turning the Gemara upside down. You don't know what it says. Learn it as a language. It was written that way. It was written specifically in that language because they understood that language, right? Like when we say by Vayib and Say, we say Brich Shmei. It's so powerful. It's so powerful, the Tefillah Brich Shmei. But if you don't know what you're saying, you're missing. It's beautiful. And if a guy, if you're just saying it, you don't know what you're, you're missing out on it. And it's not going to be a, a from the heart, Rahman boy. It's not going to be from the depths of your heart begging Hashem. It's just going to be whatever. It's such a shame that we don't know it. I saw a video of it, of these kids, 5th grade and 6th grade, that they mamish can read mo- almost everything. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable, and I don't know why all the schools don't do that. And now you can do that, it's a little bit hard, like I said, it, this is a little bit more dedication. You have to make it fun, you have to make it a game, you have to figure out how to do it. Uh, I, this I don't know. This is one of the ideas that I have that I feel is very important. I think that's something you need to go together to the school and say, listen, can you please do this? And if the school feels that it's a good idea, then they will do that. Those are the ten ideas that I came up with. Very little cost. And for every single kid, boy and girl, even the girls take to the tefillin. Let them see it. Let them see get what a Sefer Torah is, what Klaf is, feel connected to the Messiah. All of these things, the girls don't need the Aramish probably. Actually, in seminary, they're probably learning more than the boys, but I don't know if they learn Aramaic. But um, everything else can be very helpful. But the most important thing, which is, is, is before and after, is to give them a mommy and a daddy.
and plenty of videos that I have about that, um, and plenty of mamarim I have over here. In Khan they have to have a mommy and a daddy because you don't know what they're going to go through. And so many people, if the kid is difficult or challenging, they disconnect from the child, which hurts the kids, even the from kids, even the kids who are doing well. The Gemara says that Abaya said that he's stronger than Repapa, than Repapa is stronger than him. They were fighting. I have a longer video on him. Just tell you the point. That they were fighting and he said, you know, it seems to me that you're sharper than me because you have parents that are mesapik l'cha kol tzarechecha. You have parents that are taking care of you. Abai was a yasim. So even to Namayra, it matters having parents taking care of your needs. And to lose the connection during the years the kids are growing up and they don't take a bath on time or they don't put away their toothpaste or whatever. And there, there was no part of Chinuch that includes disconnecting or lowering the connection. Absolutely not. Everything can be done. And I have a whole, 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 whole bunch to say about that. I'm putting together all the stories on Chinuch from the, all, all over the world. I have over 6,000 divritaira and stories of authentic tzaddikim. And I'm working on that already two years. And in Mitzvah Shem, it's going to be a many series. Um, my first volume is coming out to Mitzvah Shem. So 700 quotes just in there. We take the essay, we break it down to a sugi and chinuch. It also includes crisis chinuch. It's not me, it's not twisted parenting. It's all regular, regular chinuch of all different situations and how the tzaddikim said that we should deal with it and how they dealt with it with chutzpah and with kids who messed up and kids who sinned. An unbelievable, earth-shattering collection of stories. It's an encyclopedia. I didn't, not making an appeal, but if anybody's out there, I'm, I'm funding the whole thing, but we need more money because I want this to get into the hands of every parent and every mechanach. It's for parents and educators to deal with every situation. Every situation that comes up that parents and mechanachim have to deal with is in, going to be in this series. And we need to be able to make it very, very cheap or even for free for Klal Yisrael. And if anybody wants to dedicate, we have dedication pages available. You can contact me at twistedparenting at AOL.com. Okay, so Hashem should help that I hope it's not overload. I think a lot of these things you could split between mom and dad. A couple of them dad focus on, a couple of them mom, mom focus on. And I really think that with ease, we can help all of the children of Klal Yisrael be stronger in so many ways.